Welcome to Blog and May Blog from DougWills.com. This audio is brought to you by Canon Press. Before we get started, I wanted to point your attention to a very fun book from Douglas Wilson titled How to Exasperate Your Wife and Other Short Essays for Men. In the book, Doug answers that question, and his responses are as wide-ranging and humorous as they are incisive and down-to-earth. He gives practical advice for identifying unhappy households and replacing abdicating dads with true leaders, all combined with hot tips on exasperating your wife. You can find this book at canonpress.com. And so, children, let's review February 10th, 2021. Introduction. Yesterday, out there in the Twitter zone somewhere, Kyle Howard accused me of being a white supremacist and a misogynist, apparently thinking I must be conducting my own experiments in intersectionality. As to the merits of the accusations, let us not tarry too long in the dispensing of them. I am a white supremacist only in the sense that everyone with a job is now a white supremacist, which I think is the current definition. And I am a misogynist only in the sense that I believe that husbands ought to love their wives as Christ loved the church, being willing to lay down their lives for them. To be fair to Mr. Howard, I can see how these optics might be confusing. What is actually occurring? A lot of conservatives have recently gotten wise to critical theory, and to the subset called critical race theory, and to the Frankfurt School, and to cultural Marxism, and to the whole Gramsci project. In other words, the rot that has been permeating our culture for lo these many years was not an accidental rot but more of an on-purpose rot. And of course, having gotten wise to these moves, these conservatives have started talking about it in all these terms. This has resulted in the kind of angry retorts from the progressive left that claim that in the mouths of objecting conservatives, these terms are being used in uneducated ways by cultural hillbillies, none of whom have been to graduate school or, if they have been, were insufficiently educated there. Since we should not be distracted by wrangles over words and phrases, I would suggest that we simply resort to the term that I found to be most useful, which is commies. Commies are levelers. They want to flatten everything, and any kind of class inequality is taken by them as an affront, an insult, an intolerable outrage. Blinded by their rage and their lust to flatten everything, on the slightest provocation they will bring out their steamrollers of envy and have another go at your blessings, which they insist on reducing to steaming asphalt. This is why they want boys to come in to wreck girls' sports. It's okay with them, for now, if Heather wins the race, but it is intolerable that the category of boys' athletics is out there, running around loose with all of its superior times. They hate classes if any particular class is ahead of another one. This gives them quite a problem when it comes to things like fourth grade and third grade, but they are no doubt working on it. This is why income inequality is thought by them to be such a vexation. Smith has ten times the money that Jones has, and the simple fact of this is thought to be an injustice. Let me illustrate what I mean. If I set a magic button in front of a commie and told him that if you press that button, every poor person in America would instantly be two times better off in actual living standards, what would he do? Better house, better car, better income, better everything. What's the catch, he asks me, showing more prudence than he usually does in these matters. There is a catch, I reply. The catch is that every rich person in America will be ten times better off. And then I sit back and watch the struggle. In terms of actual benefit, he has the opportunity to better the lot of absolutely everyone. But the reason sweat is streaming off his forehead is that he can see that by pressing the button, he will make income inequality worse. The disparity between rich and poor will become much greater. The disparity between them will grow. 
But because everybody is better off, this must mean that income inequality is not actually a problem. There's absolutely no injustice to be found in the fact that Smith has more and Jones has less. But if there is no injustice there, then the whole social justice cause falters and staggers to a halt. It is hard to maintain a social justice crusade when you do not yet have a clue what justice is. And this is why white privilege is treated by them as a thing. Anybody who belongs to a class that is recognizably better off as a class, for any reason, is incorrigibly guilty. This is why Kyle Howard could have twice the money I do, belong to the country club and the yacht club, be welcomed to lecture at Ivy League colleges, and yet be enabled to feel trodden upon. He could do this by looking at the average salary of the people with his skin pigmentation, and then looking at the average salary of the people with my skin pigmentation, and then he would top matters off by glaring at me like I was one of those robber baron capitalists chewing on a fat cigar. At War with Grace This obviously will require more development, but let me lay out the main point, which I'll have to do for the present. Grace is always good, all the time, but grace is poured out unevenly. Some receive more and some receive less. This is how God made the world. He is good to us, everlastingly good, and yet his goodness does not run along egalitarian lines. He does not do anything in a way that would coddle our enviousness. The Christian world is a hierarchical world, and the commie insistence that we treat any kind of group inequality as an injustice by definition is an anti-gospel, anti-biblical, anti-Christ frame of mind. And the spirit of Antichrist is truly abroad, and is thriving in the formerly evangelical world. We have drifted away from gospel basics. I keep saying that America must repent and believe. We must believe in Christ, the Christ who is revealed to us in Scripture, and manifested in us by the Holy Spirit of God. But when the Holy Spirit first comes in, making it possible for Christ to dwell in us, the first thing he does is cleanse the place. This is why the message declared is always repent and believe. America, apart from repentance, is a haunt for owls and jackals, and evangelical America, apart from repentance, has taken to shilling for owls and jackals. The central sin that must be repented of is the sin of envy. This is the sin that is driving all of this. That is the shelob living down inside the cavernous tunnels of our hearts. The fact that a poor man hates a wealthy man simply because of what he owns makes the poor man a murderer, and the envy that is driving him only succeeds in making his poverty more miserable. The fact that women have been envying men their privileges for a full generation now has naturally resulted, because envy is treacherous, in a bunch of dudes sprinting down the track ahead of all the girls. Congratulations, ladies. You mean to say that the devil lied to you? What a shock. This is my shocked face. And a white man should not be called a white supremacist simply because those making the accusation have an ache in their soul that can only be healed by Christ. 